Hi, everybody. It's Elle here. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our partners and our supporters and the people that edit and put this show together over at Pretty Easy Podcasts. Now, we get a lot of compliments on how the show sounds and how it looks on YouTube, but that would not be without Pretty Easy Podcasts and the amazing team that they have. If you are looking to create your own podcast or maybe you have some ideas of some social media endeavors, Pretty Easy Podcasts has the technology, the equipment, and the skills to make your podcast sound great at your own disposal at your own time so record from home your office a park wherever they will help you out please give them a email at prettyeasypodcast.com once again that is prettyeasypodcast.com and thanks for listening hi everybody if you're watching this you are back 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 again with queer late night this is um, episode whatever it is, but I'm happy you're here. And I got better equipment now. And fun guests for you. Continue watching and supporting this show and donate. Like, comment, and subscribe. The links will be provided for you in the bio. Keep watching. Hi, everybody. You're watching Queer Late Night. And if you're watching this episode, you have the pleasure and the opportunity of meeting someone I love, PhD student. Can we call you doctor now or no? It's, I think that's uh, illegal. Okay. <laughs> All right. PhD <laughs> student. Couple more months. Alex Borsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Medical Sciences and Sociology at Columbia University. Alex's background is in HIV, sexual health, and general hoeing, and he now looks at corporate investment in women's health and fertility services. Alex has served on the NYC HIV planning group, and can often be found in the kitchen cooking up elaborate meals while wearing equally elaborate dresses. Yes, I love that. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody of the non-conforming world, Alex Borsa. Thank you. We did clap you, you in. You. That was good. That was. I like it's that fun, you right? did that. <laughs> I've never. I, I squeeze every penny I can out of Miss Siri. I, I'm telling her to do things. I'm making her work for her meal every her time. Digital meal. Every She's time. almost like my Rosie. If I could throw her on the floor and make her be like Siri, get <laughs> the fucking floor. I would try to do that. Um. Welcome to the show, Alex. How are you? I'm doing really good. I uh, got back from my last week at the beach, and reality hit me like a ton of bricks mm. on the emails when I woke up on Thursday. So mm. we are back, and I'm just uh, glad to be here at Queer Late Night. Welcome back to the shitty. I mean, the city. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> how was how was Fire Island? How's your back? And, um, ah, it's good. It got blown out a little bit, but we have knees. health insurance, so you, you know. Have, bitch, keeping you it have going. health insurance. Smart. Okay, Don't say we. we. Like yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is we? <laughs> I have a little bit of health insurance. I don't trust it, though, I'll be honest mm. with you. And we even have our own, we have our first ever um, studio audience. You can't see them because we can't afford that many cameras. <laughs> throw your, throw your, throw one for you. Oh, yeah. There we go. Hey. Um, we, did we get anything fun? What's the most, what can we use as banter? What is going on in the media world? I mean, that's. Did you see this? Nicki Minaj is unvaccinated. <laughs> Oh no! Yes, 
Yes, girl. She came out and she said some today that I think kind of threw us off her loop because she's so progressive that we would have assumed that she was back. I know. I feel like she loves to do that. Like, very, she's very like pot. down with everyone. Light the match and throw it away. And oh. then she's like, I'm homophobic. You know, she right, 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 right. Actually, it's all that gay I'm money I've been using. <laughs> right. Um, all right. That's not what we wanted to hear. What, <laughs> what, what good was is there anything good this weekend? Uh, Lil Nas X won video of the year at the VMAs yesterday for Montero with all of those gay boys, those wonderful POC gay boys, shaking what the good Lord gave them. And that's historic. That's amazing. Historic. Come on. MTV Mainstream visibility. Yeah. Kim Petras opened at the VMAs yesterday, too. Yeah. I said it two or three years ago when she appeared on my radar personally. And I was like, this bitch is going to be the one. Yeah. that breaks through in terms of be, uh, trans vis- visibility and trans pop stardom on a very mainstream level. And lo and behold, last year she was on Good Morning America. Now she's opening up at the VMAs. Very, very excited. Not only that, that but you very threw your panties at her. I sure did. Do you remember? When did you do that? A year and a half ago, I had just touched down from God knows where. And yeah. someone sent me um, a flyer that said Kim Petras was doing a pop-up show in Brooklyn. So... Les lived down the street. We went over there and uh, Miss Kim showed up and she gave us a couple numbers. And I was feeling myself. So I like tried to scoop my panties off and throw it at her like a showgirl. And by the time I got them off, she was already off stage. I just had like my hand of panties. Yeah. And, and I was uh, on the other side of the door yeah. getting a picture with her. Les was able to I snag like, a pic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, I don't even blame you for that because I went to one of her concerts at uh, the Public Hotel forever uh-huh. ago. And my one Where friend, is that? It's in Soho. Okay. So it was like a small kind of weird. It was like on a weeknight. But my no, one friend was so she... drunk the whole time. He was looking the wrong mm-hmm. way. <laughs> and then after the concert, we couldn't even find him. And he was. Oh, no. Gag. Oh, I... I hold it against him to this day. but. Damn. It's easy to sneak off sometimes. It just pays. But every now and then. Truly. I tried to like sneak myself into Kelly Rowland, like right past her. I, when I met her, I gave her a hug and I was trying to like, scoot like around. <laughs> they were like, no, 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 no. The last five of you did that. No, stop it. One time at a Kelly Rowland concert, Les got his phone stolen by Kelly Rowland. She took it. She took and it. She, she spun took around his with phone. It. I, yeah. was like the, I was like living my best life. I had yeah. like my whole arm on her face the mm-hmm. entire time she's performing. Like with when she phone, said, shut up, she like, took this the, phone. <laughs> give me the shit. Which and also begs the question, how many Kelly Rowland concerts have you been to? I've gone to two. I've been trying, trying to stock Michelle for a long time too. Mm-hmm. But you guys... You gotta go to church for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna move on. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, here at Queer Late Night, we always start the show off with, yes, a little bit of banter, but also a queer question. Mm. It's recently changed. It's called Queer Questions now. See? I'm building my segment out. See where all your money went to me to be able to concentrate? Okay, so it's a a question for everyone here. Everyone's going to answer, and then we'll give the audience the opportunity to also answer these questions in one of the many sites that I'm working on. All right, you ready, Alex? Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. All right. The question is, are you are you nervous? Is that the question? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I no. am. Okay. Constant state of healthy fear. Which is sexier to you, lace or leather and why? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You you should Am I starting with this one? Yeah. Oh my god. My my mind just went somewhere. I just had a whole movie montage. Bat getting blown out. (laughs) (laughs) Mouth wide open. Mouth wide open. I know. So, you know, if it's something that I'm going to be wearing, I like to say that I look good in everything. I can serve you whatever you need and I can give that. But if it's someone that I'm going to be dressing, you know, in my mind, my fantasy, they are in leather. It is expensive and they are kind of scary. And I do not know if I'm going to make it out alive. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I just had this weird vision of you and you're like, bangs are popping up and now you're getting choked by this like <laughs> same guy from American Horror Bangs. <laughs> a girl, I asked him to now. take that video down from the internet. Is right, that still going? Right. Like banging your head against the table. You're like, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's your turn. Your turn. Please feel that. I really, that's a really good question because I don't want to choose between the two. I mean, both Miss Stevie Nicks and Britney Spears have given us songs called Leather and Lace, not Leather or Lace. I like them together. I want my leather with a little bit of fringe. I know. Personally, personally, I know you're making me ask between the two, and I just cannot. Okay. All right. I can't. That's my answer. Your answer is you just going to wear both of them? I need both. Would you wear them together then? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think, okay, so here it goes. I don't know why I asked this. Um, but I think I like latex. It just feels and looks Ooh. sexier. Yeah. Everything that I wear is normally like skin tight. I to just my body. smelt that answer. <laughs> <laughs> we hear you coming from a mile okay. away, girl. <laughs> the Switch. six foot nine man walking in right, heels down right. Ninth Avenue, squeaking every step like this. But. Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Me trying to sneak. These past. are her thighs. Yeah, <laughs> that's and why you know. she didn't get backstage at the concert because they heard her. They're on my way to the train station because I don't have enough money to get an Uber to the oh. party. I'm saving it for the money to Uber back. Yeah, that's it. This is Queer Late Night. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, or watch episodes on YouTube by searching Queer Late Night. And now back to the show. But listen, I wanted to have you here because you have such profoundly identified a several cogs in, I guess I would say, queer culture, mm-hmm. and that's been recently pointed out in um, some of your own writing. First of all, bitch, you're so fucking smart. <laughs> you're so what? She's what so is so educated? The theory oh was reading. What was it? Biomedical? What is that now? Let's get my Sounds expensive. <laughs> so believe it or not, I get paid to go to school, which God is bless sickening. Me. Oh, the, oh girl, I have questions go. about that. I don't know if it regards to the I'll ask you after. God bless. That's He's good. Good. He wants to get I know. I secure the bag. I'm always hustling. Truly. So it's not he, gonna happen. You are always hustling. And then you also had the opportunity to write two articles for Slate. One being the yeah. Gays over COVID. What's the? I want to read the actual title. Mm. What, what do you remember the actual title? I'm sorry. Yeah. So the first article that I wrote for Slate around New Year's Eve was about the gay civil war that was emerging over the Gays over COVID Instagram account that was calling out people who continued to party and socialize in large groups. Uh, back before the vaccines were around, when we were all still instructed to a. Uh, to social distance. Um, And the second piece I wrote with members of my lab, who I do research with, and we were calling out some crazy doomsday sperm theories that have been circulating around uh, not only the scientific community, but also the popular media, the New York Times, and the alt-right. 
This missed me. Please indulge us. Yeah, so tell me about your penis. Uh, no, tell me about, <laughs> tell me about your penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell us what's up. Tell us about what's inside the penis, the sperm. I know more so the scrotum. I know. Well, you know me. I celebrate every part of the penis: the inside, the outside, the up and down. So yeah. tonight we're going. Work. We're going straight into the sperm. Okay. We'll give you a time to drop your fucking Instagram. Calm down. down. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> so this, there's been a debate for about 50 years over whether or not sperm counts around the world are falling or not. Interesting. Yeah. And so this has been a really important scientific question um, for those who study human reproduction and men's reproductive health, um, but is also kind of intersected lately with larger concerns about gender and race in the United States. Interesting. Um, For reasons, you know, in the nitty-gritty sort of way that scientists are continuing to study this, uh, the question is being framed in terms of the West versus other, whatever that means. The rest of the world. Yeah. (laughs) So we essentially have this idea that white Western sperm is imperiled by feminism, by the rise of people of color in the United States, by the emasculation of men. Interesting. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, this uh, threatens American identity. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a crazy mix of actual questions that really matter about men's reproductive health and their sense of being able to 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 have families, Mm -hmm. um, as well as, you know, people getting wrapped up in alt-right sort of Sounds a little puritanical. Yeah. Sounds a little handmaid's tale, and I stopped Mm -hmm. watching that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I I feel like I just got like inducted in the first part of your class. We were telling everyone, I'm like, oh, I think I think we're in the wrong class. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but I'm gonna stick around. <laughs> but you realize it's actually 301, not 101. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And no, well, no, talk about more. So that's the one. Those are both the articles you've written. But you're now a PhD. Steve, oh. take your time. P- <laughs> Stop. PhD student and pretty huge work dig. Right now is yeah, absolutely. So I'm a. Is this the work you're doing right now? Part of it, yeah. So I'm a PhD student at yeah. Columbia. I asked them, I was like, "Can I get a doctorate in sex?" Work. And you can. And I was like, "That's sickening." So oh, we wow. can do that. So yeah. So I'm in the sociomedical sciences department, mm. and I'm training in sociology. So what that sort of helps me do is look at population level things that are going on Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how these larger sort of structures and cultural things that happen uh, shape our individual lives down here. Mm -hmm. And so I think for, you know, so looking at um, COVID uh, or sexual risk or HIV or sperm count, these are all really messy questions that involve not only ourselves and our bodies Mm -hmm. and our sex and pleasure, Mm -hmm. but also senses of our communities Mm -hmm. and our culture Mm -hmm. and our Mm -hmm. politics. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know how you sleep at night. Honestly, I could not. A lot of melatonin. (laughs) God bless. Honestly. Okay. So you drank. (laughs) Yeah. All right, pretty gowns, uh, nice, nice dresses. dresses. I like that. Anna, you can find me in the kitchen in a dress and a tall glass of wine and a, and a little mommy's little helper. You know, <laughs> so. cigarette in a mouth, uh-huh. bath waters running. Up. Coming back from the leather club, yes. You know. Where but you brought your friend that only that wore both. Yes, the lace and leather. That that's right. So this brings us to the main reason why. Well, the topic of the podcast today. So. I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with it, but I like the way it sounds because I, I, I wrote it. Uh, talk, 
it's called taught toxicity and the masculine identifying spectrum mm. masculine identifying mask what's a masculine masculine identifying spectrum spectrum people are going to hear this and they're like this man this woman right here she's a sister i never had she's the- <laughs> uh no but that's what it, it's pretty much i just didn't want to say the word toxic masculinity because i didn't want to be like a finger pointer or an naysayer but right. i read a lot today one i read your article with slate and that wasn't about toxic masculinity but a lot of behaviors and the things that you see in, see in it pretty much is toxic masculinity versus mm-hmm. like mass and feminine yeah. um social structures so i wanted to like bring you in and get your way in on how toxic masculinity is corruptive to queer culture and what the ideal vision of um inclusivity mm-hmm. yeah is. great question so you know i think i uh almost understand why you maybe don't even want to say toxic masculinity right because i feel like that's it's one of those buds where it's very that. kind of triggering and people are, some people might want to tune out because just before that word alone mm-hmm. yeah. and i think there's a number of reasons for that right like on one hand it sounds very academic we've seen it in all the you know think pieces and instagram posts everyone has something to say about it sure. and on the other hand a lot of people who are masculine or who are men and maybe don't have a lot of experience talking about these things mm. may see that and shut down or shut off right. and think that it's, it's not going to be a conversation that does anything other than shame them for yeah. sure. who they are. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is really, we're at a moment right now where we've done a really good job politically of pointing out the ways that patriarchy and masculine norms mm. harm us, harm our communities, uh, make it harder for sort of queer uh, lives to flourish. But we're not really sure what to do with positive masculinity. Sure. Or how yeah. to kind of come up with the idea that people can be masculine right. and have masculine right. experiences or embodiments right. Right. that don't hurt others or sure. hurt themselves or yes. that are healthy and productive. Do you mind sharing your definition of what toxic masculinity is? Yeah, absolutely. So toxic masculinity... Uh, generally refers to masculine behaviors, uh, systems, or ways of relating that privilege competition and dominance, especially. Mm. But Mm. we can think about these traits that we sometimes traditionally associate with masculinity Mm. that are about power and exploitation. Mm. And the term really originated, I think, in like the mid-1900s, mm-hmm. right? It was kind of academic-y, people were talking about this. Uh, hegemonic masculinity is another word that came out. Hegemonic. Hegemonic. I like the hegemon. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to Cambridge Dic- Dictionary. I was like, this is the most, like, I guess, uh, credible article. And it describes toxic masculinity as the ideas and ways in which men should behave, act or be seen, can be harmful, an example uh, of things like men do not cry, they don't admit weakness. So in that sense, it, it draws the idea of taught. It's how people teach, you know, you teach racism. Kids don't come out mm. knowing colors and knowing differences until mm. you teach them. And mm. that's that's just it. Yeah. There's no way. So when you think of to- toxic and masculinity, it's very like foraging of like danger and harm because you do a little bit more research like a lot of people that have these are 
align with the toxic masculinity, the machismo, the men don't cry culture also, not being able to properly place emotions because mm-hmm. that's what is the biggest mm-hmm. part of this, not yeah. properly placing or dealing with emotions. So Right. And I think and I think we can also point out that it's regular people too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That the things we can trace to men not being taught how to process and express emotions mm. can lead to, you know, extreme acts of violence. Absolutely. Just as much as they can lead to dudes being kind of fucking shitty every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My language. Yeah. We, oh, no. it's fine. We we'll pay for it eventually. <laughs> Some, somehow we'll get off air. But what do you think like in as far as queer culture? Where is it seen the most, like the most toxicity really seen? Is it, would you say the nightlife? Would you say it's something that's structural? Mm-hmm. Where? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me and what I, in my own personal life, as someone who lives mostly, you know, as a gay man in New York City, uh, has been experiencing, I see it a lot around nightlife and in the way that certain people are celebrated over others. Mm, right? Yeah, mm, that part. Absolutely. You know, because you, even when you go to spaces that are diverse, there's still a sort of... There's a standard. There's a standard, right? There's an yeah. economy of who is desired, who is noticed, who gets things or who gets access and who's celebrated on social media, right? Like, yeah. even if you have bodies in the room and people with different experiences yeah. there's still like a there's hierarchy there's, there's a there, there's a pedestal of it's really mostly like masculinity like muscles um same body archetype yeah just all it's just that's the pillar that's right. the i guess fault line there's mm. not many times where you go in certain like events or spaces where it's just anything that's different yeah and especially if they're like, oh, this isn't all in inclusive space, but I'm like, you didn't hire a, rep- a good representation of dancers or entertainment. Right. Yeah. It seems that, you know, it's one set thing. And which I is th- which is what it is. Is it, is right. what it is. And I already bought the ticket. Right. So we're gonna go, we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're not gonna like it's not that it's it's just not inclusive and yeah. it's, it just always seems to be the the norm. But I've noticed something I've noticed, and you guys can tell me if you Mm. feel this too, Mm. is that, you know, I can go to spaces where everyone kind of looks the same and I can, you know, vibe and have a good time and be with my friends and, and, you know, get through the night. But I feel like when I go to places where people are really different and like a lot of different people are bringing a lot of different vibes, Mm -hmm. a lot of different looks, Mm -hmm. a lot of different genders, that it's just a totally different energy. It's the best in it. It's the Mm -hmm. best. I get excited. Mm-hmm. I I love I love Hell's Kitchen. I love you know being in Manhattan, but being in Brooklyn was yeah. you know going to the Rosemont, going to Metropolitan, just seeing so many different forms of art, drag, um, gender expression, expression mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always good. I like celebrating yeah. differences, and it makes me feel a little bit more freeing than it does when everyone seems to look the same. Right. It or, hits different. Absolutely. It hits different. It's different. What are some of the changes that has been you know made through time that is beneficial yeah Mm. yeah so i think we've the queer community in general and in sub communities you know around different uh different people um around their identities you know everyone's talked about i think the way that toxic masculinity manifests in their own communities so among gay men 
that looks like a very certain thing. You know, it looks like yeah. the circuit gay, the abs, whiteness, mm, you know, mm, going mm. to parties all the time. Mm, very mm. specific. Right. Among trans people or non-binary people, mm. you know, masculine presenting people or trans masculine people have uh, been called out for, you know, uh, behaviors that they enact that are masculine and that harm their sorts of yeah. uh, communities there. Among lesbians or queer women, yeah. more masculine or butch women, uh, you know, have their own history right. with yes. contending with how to be a masculine person, yes. but to do that in a way that doesn't harm the community more broadly or that sure. doesn't shut things off. Mm -hmm. So I think we've done a really good job and everyone in these different pockets have articulated yeah. what's fucked up about toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I think we're still have a lot of work to do in undoing that and Fair. also forging these ideas of what it means to be masculine in a positive way. Mm. Yeah. I like the idea though. It's from what I was reading and I only read like a few articles and one of the most, um, I read the article, I'm going to bring it up in a second that it pretty much stated that it's all emotional mm. mostly like, you know, we're just trying to like live in our skins and be accepted. And for most you know, homosexual or gay men, they try to subscribe to fitting in mm -hmm. rather than to be different. So we're taught that you don't cry, you are strong, you're aggressive, you're a go-getter in your career, in your social life, in your relationships, in the way that you raise your children or not. Everything is um, warrior war just, just like a very stronghold which is not mm -hmm. always bad it's mm -mm. Uh, my dad was a tough person but you know emotions play a big 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 part of a child's early education mm. and being able to articulate them at earlier ages is better than being so aggressive into where you grow in a, to a, in an adult and you can't figure it out yeah you know what i mean and all you can do is shield yourself by being you know super muscular mm. by you know having the greatest you know greatest job all the things you're supposed to have as a man mm -hmm. so and and what i think is funny about that and and what queer theorists and queer studies has, has shown us is no one lives up to the ideal no everyone is no. constantly failing the ideal right, at right, all times right like you couldn't point to one person and be like, that is every yeah. part of this check, check mark, sure, you know? Sure. And so it manifests like those memes you say that say like no gay has all five, right? You exactly. might hit, you might hit three, <laughs> but we have three, you know? And so you get people who have these other parts of themselves that are very human or very, mm. you know, healthy or, or social, yeah. but then there are these parts of them that don't know what to do with that. So I don't know about y'all, but I've got keep dating men who are a little older than me, later okay. in their 30s. Work. And like, you know, we'll be seeing each other for a bit and then it'll be time, you know, they'll do something that'll like piss me off or be kind of mean or whatever. <laughs> and I try and tell them or just, you know, say, hey, like that kind of hurt my feelings. Something yeah. like a, something we learned in elementary school. That's and wrong. They, they don't know what to do with that. Like they don't know golden how to rule basicness, <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean basicness in terms of like oh that's basic. I'm terms of like basic conduct that like you one should understand in terms of communication and how one treats another. Yes. Like as an adult, and you're surprised to see how many of our peers don't know how to do that. It goes over their head. I'm like. How are you doing this? Like I know. That? And our, our live Golden studio Golden audience Golden piped up at that. So I know this is resonating with some people right. here. Communication. Mm. Yeah. That's communication. another part of it. Mm. You can't communicate right. 
it's it's all interconnected when you come to like toxic behavior right right and i I didn't really realize because i kind of was talking about this you know in therapy one day just like bitching about all these guys that i kept going out with and my therapist was like she said you know it's many men don't learn emotional intelligence and i it kind of clicked for me i was like see it all mm-hmm. these, you know, young women who are trying to like get married. It's like, is that something that straight people kind of know better than yeah. I feel like I did? I was like, I forgot I'm dating men and men aren't really taught this. Right. 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 You know yeah. what I mean? We're taught absolutely. Uh, the, I, the, my mom always like says to me still, like, she's like, I raise my boys not to cry. I'm like, I mm. absolutely mm. cry. I I've actually, seen you cry. <laughs> I actually just wait till I have to cry and I immediately die with my mom just to make sure she knows. And her children's children will know, and right. their children's right. no. But that I'm like I'm crying. It's actually healthier mm. to cry because it Very. releases a lot of emotions that isn't rage, mm-hmm. and because we, that's the other way it's most likely going to come out, mm-hmm. pent up, and then be can it can be violent, mm-hmm. and that's not limited to physical actions. No. Words can be violent. Yeah, you know, people mm-hmm. play emotional. Um, emotional violence mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. but th- mm. in the given situations we live in a culture where now things are being brought to light that mm-hmm. should be i think you know we're seeing a, a backlash too right like mm-hmm. at the same time that we it's becoming sort of expected that companies will have inclusive more inclusive language totally, totally. Will, you know degender their slogans things like right. that We'll it keep feels their money a, flow we'll, going. exactly. We'll keep their money flow going, <laughs> yeah. but then we have an entire sector of the country mm. that is enraged by that sort of thing. I feel like the media sensationalizes these people you're talking about, and they're very there and they're very loud. But they're just that. They are niche. They mm. are not the majority. But it's that's more interesting to talk about these very um, flagrant and abrasive co- uh, conversations that are happening via this niche that is the anti you know it's mass the the attack on masculinity and which is part and goes hand in hand with the attack of whiteness mm-hmm. you know and what um and how that is this is kind of off topic i was listening to another one of my favorite podcasts the other day and talking about the idea of whiteness and how it's um diluting now because that just is the mixing pot that is america and how that's this niche group of people are enraged by this and it's like wow tell me whether you're like racist without <laughs> telling me you're fucking racist oh, my microphone over i'm not racist we're gonna take a quick break um and then we're gonna go back i'm gonna get into this article that i read and then we'll sign off Hey, you're listening to Queer Late Night, and I'm your host, Elmet Colors. While we don't have corporate sponsorships, we are accepting charitable donations, and we are looking to partner. We're currently partnering with Pretty Easy Podcasting that's in charge of the editing of the show, since I don't know what I'm doing. But if you're interested in supporting the show, you can always follow us on Instagram, and you can always go to our GoFundMe and contribute whatever you have. But until then, please continue listening to this episode. I'm your host, Elmet Colors. Keep listening. Les, I love when you wear your um your veterans hat. I don't know. It's just it's so sexy. Thank you. I'm sexy. That matched with whatever queer thing you're doing that day. It's just it's so it really is it's a big it's it's subtle, but it's a smack in the it's, face to people. It's giving saying? fleet week. And by that I mean week. you went to the CVS and bought a fleet, girl. But <laughs> sometimes I, I, do. I do things with my butt. And I served this country. Yes. I, and now I, what? I pretended to be a whole person for so many long. 
That's another story for another day. <laughs> but I want to get back into damn smackeries. I am like <laughs> getting the cookie crumbs <laughs> on my own. Damn, I'm trying to get the money. Okay, help <laughs> us. Queer Late Night needs help. Survive. Hashtag Survivor. <laughs> Alex, you bring up a great um, topic uh, to turn this to. Um, the importance of healthcare. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, you see, <laughs> you see she's still thinking about blank. those cookies. <laughs> I can't get away from That's the okay. cookies, Take and I just had one. <laughs> Do you know what I was actually thinking about? What? Chocolate chips. I'm sorry, but I, I, we're keeping this right in the interview. I saw a TikTok today of like it was this girl that was hanging out of the car, and she had her hair out, and then it just cut to like you ever seen that movie where that girl get her head hit by the um oh by the the telephone call her, her, oh t- hereditary. hereditary 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 yes <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's my shit all, all the, the girls, girls wanna be like this no on top of that and when she's making the clucking sound I thought it was Alyssa Edwards everybody yeah. there's a whole remix of that on YouTube it's amazing <laughs> I love when things have nothing to do with each other intersect online because of the gays Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it means. All right, so I'm back. Toxic masculinity affects men seeking health, human health, health services. Men's health. Men, just mental just health men, or is men's health. Men's yeah. health. Mm. Absolutely. Mensies. Mm. So <laughs> that's women's health. Let, that is anyone with a vagina's health, okay. which can be men. Thank you. So. Thank you yeah. for correcting me. Absolutely. Great. Exactly, bitch. Why are you saying thank you? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. So something that comes to mind for me about why it's important uh, for men as well to talk about masculinity in this way is because toxic masculinity damages men and hurts uh, their outcomes mm. for, for happy lives, for healthy long lives, mm. and the lives that they want to live a lot of the time. On so, the inside and the outside. <laughs> so for the inside, some of us more than others. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. It's actually a really enormous problem in public health which is making sense of men's dramatically shorter life expectancies than women. facts and now whenever you see a difference between men's health and women's health there's sort of an instinct for some people to think it's just about biology you know and to sort sure, of yeah. to sure. write it off as just you know well that's because men are this way women are that way sure. they have different bodies it's done but what research has shown is that a lot of the disparities and the differences are caused by cultural factors, are caused by yes. the norms, are caused oh. by men on it. going into, you know, uh, being men more being likely, too proud. Men being too to proud do to anything. go to the doctor. Yes. Yeah. To talk about their emotions, to commit suicide because they don't know how to talk about their emotions, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. not know how to be vulnerable because yes. no one taught them. Yeah. Right. And to participate in ways of life, in jobs, in recreation, that harms them. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I think any conversation about masculinity and about its dangers needs to acknowledge that this is a real thing around the world and in different contexts. Mm. There was something I wanted to say earlier that just came back to me. I think that we as queer men, we're imbued with a certain amount of emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. that, albeit is Mm self-taught, but does exceed that of most cis hat men do you know what i'm saying i don't think i don't know if it's just because that's the way we were born and that's the way we're made or from an early age we have to teach ourselves this as a form of survival yeah but navigating um 
the this maze that is uh what can be what is mental mentally disparaging because of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. yeah. does that make sense yeah i feel like i just yeah. were word vomited but no, it made sense you. in my head yeah. well, I, I mean do you, you know do what i'm well. saying yeah. we, we as queer men we have x amount of um emotional intelligence and it's not really celebrated as a whole for in terms of what is considered masculine right and it's also just it's just now becoming more visible in society that mental health and mm. your your just health overall mm. are mm. they're just linked together it's not two separate things right. right so whereas you don't talk about things already you didn't know that it was even a thing to talk about things you're not taught that very. and then it's also not promoted to you very i i mean i mental health is still in my insurance at least considered a specialty that is so, so wild. Special about that it. is so wild. It's special how this cost it keeps going up. I thought y'all said y'all had sliding scale. Which right, is a sliding baby. <laughs> this. It, that's you know, and oh, American yeah. healthcare man, it is. So wild. it's one of those you know yeah. wild cards. Mm. But I, I think going back, you know, what in the way that I don't know for me at least, mm. like I think like being queer taught me. It's kind of a trial by fire, right? Yes. But it's like you need to go through and pick what you want in your life and what's working for you mm. and what it is who you are yeah. and like what it is that you need and want and i feel like that helped me take a step back mm. and also reevaluate my relationship with like gender and gender norms yeah because like there are I parts loving of me, you yeah i don't know mm-hmm. like no, very babe you know because i went you know off the deep end i wear dresses i give gender non-conforming <laughs> realness oh my god no you low-key she'll come out here to step on people's throats. She did. Uh, she told me before I she went to Far Island. She's like, I got some looks. Oh. And then I went on the Instagram. Right, right. And I was like, oh, no, she I was have being like humble. It. Yeah, no, you were turning <laughs> this. <you>. Turning them. <laughs> right. You were giving me, you know what you were giving me? You were giving me, I'm back for All Stars look. Oh, my we, God. Right. Hold on. You know what would be a great bit if we could? This would be the section that you. It flashes to her Instagram said looks because oh, they really are noteworthy. They Thank are. You. They're good. You did that. You did mm-hmm. that. And I, I'm curious to know, like, as one writing that article where you were just standing on neutral ground, I feel like oh, about the uh, gays partying co- during COVID. I feel yeah. you were being very neutral. How yeah. the backlash you must get from either one, not for saying all that stuff. I mean, everything you said was very not like oh, we're yeah. just doing so, this because we have like we have to go outside. I can't yeah. just, just to recap <laughs> for for people, Please. I you know this article I wrote for Slate um, around New Year's Eve when gay men were continuing to go to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, Miami, go to circuit parties. You know the photos are crazy, right? Um, Did you I, remember that booze cruise that sank? That sank. Oh I know. no! The stop. Titanic, honey. The Titanic. <laughs> she went down, girl. Let it be known that we are not making fun. We are not, and we are glad that everyone from that boat is safe. <laughs> and I'm going to stop there. Oh my God. <laughs> So, you know, so I wrote this article, right, pointing out the tension, uh, you know, saying essentially the history of HIV, especially activism and health, has shown us that shaming people really actively doesn't work on a population level. Yeah. That pointing out that people who are partying should be put on blast and and attacked on social mm, media mm. is very cathartic and the emotions and reasons right. why people feel that way are completely rational sure but it at is the end not, of the day yeah. it's this people are getting off on the drama right though. 
it's you know, it's, it's, it loses the it loses the point. Yeah. Is, I think what you're you're explaining at. But I I agree, and I saw it 100. percent I'm like, yeah, call them out, accountability. But then it got to a point where it's sensational. I was like, wow, this is, and we're just getting off. Like on you're it. dragging these people. They're like, I get it, mm. man, but like mm. the way out, the risk of like they were calling them like you steroid pumping. People lost jobs. People lost you know, their jobs. People, didn't, people maybe didn't probably lost a little more than that. Right. It got to the point where you're just name calling now. You're not. Right. It's not accountability. Right. Right, and I think that I feel like toxic masculinity actually factored into that yes. debate and conflict really heavily. Right, because okay. on one hand, speak on it. Part of the anger that people were feeling is that the people who were going and doing this are—it's an archetype. It's are the, is the archetype. It's, the, it's archetype. the super masculine, toxically masculine, moneyed white cis gay, able-bodied like able-bodied circuit queens, circuit queens. Right, mm-hmm. and so that I think brought a lot of the energy to the mm, table. Mm. And on another hand, we as we just talked about, about how toxic masculinity makes it harder for men to think about their health and the others in their community, yeah. that's probably actually going to make it harder to have those conversations yeah. with people yeah. who who are sort of fit that archetype. Yeah, well and so I feel like I didn't even realize until this conversation really that mm. the entire gaze over COVID fight is also a little bit about about gender in a really pronounced way, right? We can see that play out in real time. Go into that it's, a little bit, please. If you I, I, yeah. About gender, and I mm. also think mm. about like how we view bodies. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm gonna let you talk about gender. Yes, please. Yeah, no, you know, I think there were, um, so there were a variety of people who partook in a ver- whole sliding scale of social behavior, right? Mm-hmm. During the pandemic. Mm-hmm. and. The need for, I think, people who went to be tough and to go and to brush off these critiques and to... This kind of survival perf- of the right, fittest mentality. Right, to like perform the sex mm. and to compete right. and be survival of the right. fittest, right? It's like a very, it's like a really dominant sort of very, culture. Very, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. And, and I think part of the frustrations around that is the frustration with toxic masculinity's uh, propensity to make it harder to feel like a part of a collective. Yeah. yeah. And I think people have just picked up on that. And yep. that intersects, <clears throat> like we said, with with gender, but also with race, with class, mm, mm, with, mm-hmm. you know, your location as people of the United States, going to Mexico, with so many different things. Right. Um, so the article, I finally found the article, and I'm going to make sure I get this right the first time. The article that I read, you know, preparing for this this interview was, it was called Gay Men's Obsession with Masculinity is Hurting Their Own Mental Health, just as you just mm-hmm. mentioned. It was an article by Gabrielle Arana. At Them, right? At Them, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, published in August 23rd, 2019. And there was a part of the article that um, really stuck out to me. It says in the article, it's in gay community, a sexual premium is a place is is placed in masculinity, which is part of pressure. Sorry, which puts pressure on gay men to be masculine. Um, it was said by Justin Limer, Lamilla Lamilla. Do you want to reread that sentence again, girl? <laughs> did, did it not make any sense? <laughs> just reread that, that whole sentence. Just listen to it one more time. I'm going to reread the choppy. whole sentence, the whole chapter. Yeah. Just reread the whole chapter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. It says, in gay community, a sexual premium is placed on masculinity, which puts pressure on gay men to be masculine. Says Justin Lemire, psychologist at Kinsey, 
Kinsey Institute who studies human sexuality. The, the Kinsey Institute, right? Yeah. yeah if it, you know. Did I say that right, bitch? No. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A very respected uh, sexual research institute. Absolutely. Is this the same place that gave us the Kinsey scale? Yes. Alfred Kinsey was God the sexologist. Bless. I yeah. bring this up all the time when I'm talking about um, this, I don't know, it's a little off topic, but explaining mm-hmm. sexuality to people, especially cis, cis straight people mm-hmm. who don't understand that it's not gay, straight, bi. You can be a little bit gay and you can be a little bit straight. It is, there's all this gray area. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, no, it's a great, and, yeah. and I... Shout yeah, out to the Kinsey. They do a lot of fantastic research mm. um, on the cutting edge, uh, you know, measuring yes. sex in yeah, more advanced yeah. ways now, right? But yeah, so that quote, you know, there's actually... Uh, I think that article quotes other people who work in my field, people who have been worked in my department, you know, in public health. And yeah, there's a lot gender. of really interesting. And a lot of research now is showing that the pressure to conform to masculine ideals uh, actually has really long-term negative mental and physical health effects yes. on men. There's yes. an entire body of research over how stigma um, as well as stress and sort of gendered anxiety can all produce negative health outcomes. Mm. Um, That's interesting, because yeah. the next thing I was gonna point out, this uh, article also stated, um, there's a new guidelines of psychology practices with men, with men and boys. Um, I guess in the, the social stru- con- constructs of what they're taught mm-hmm. at an earlier age, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of really fantastic feminist, queer, trans, of color, uh, people in psychology and mental health have done some fantastic research and theorizing about what do we do? How do we teach people Mm. to live masculine lives or live with masculinity as parts of their lives in ways that feel right for them, right? Mm, because I right. think so much of the problems we see reproduced are because people don't aren't taught the tools to identify um, what it is that they're doing, how it is that they're feeling, and how it affects those around mm. them. But a lot of people, if you can show, right, like when I was taught to actually sit with my feelings, I was able to figure out how to manage them better. Yeah. And so I think, you know, people are trying to figure out how to consciously not passively raise boys and men mm-hmm. who are given those tools. Right. Because it's what's really important to mention in this interview is that masculinity is not bad. It's mm. the toxic traits that are taught that are actually bad. Um, and masculine men aren't bad. Or masculine, period, it's not bad, but it's just the toxic traits that's learned, behavioral mm. traits. And I think one, yeah, one more really important part of this, you know, is remembering that masculinity is also something that supersedes individual people, right? It's something that has structured our society and our institutions and our systems of power for so many years that the, our society is going to produce toxic masculinity, even if we as individuals all change our behavior. So Mm -hmm. we need to also look at how, Mar- uh, market economies are based on dominance, truly, right? Yeah. And you know, in capitalist exploitation, right. and to see that as a part of toxic masculinity, and to see uh, white supremacy as a part of toxic mm. masculinity, mm-hmm. to see, mm-hmm. recognize Absolutely. how all of these uh, other structures interrelate. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know what? I mean, I don't know about you, Ricky Roman, but I feel like we should take this business class. Oh, my God. oh you, absolutely! Do you, have, do you accept uh, financial aid? 
<laughs> it's good. I maybe with enough contributions from our lovely listeners, <laughs> we could put together oh, a know, wonderful better, resource, bitch. You better. That is awesome. Thank you for all your knowledge. And this is an ongoing conversation that Absolutely. I hope to have you back on the show again to talk about it with more of your friends. Maybe Absolutely. you can ask one of your yes. nice friends from here over here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mess this up. I want it. them magazine. magazine. Right. Yeah. I had a few episodes where i kept messing things up because i would just get tied up in my words because my tongue gets wet and moist start <laughs> sliding around my mouth never mind <laughs> i'm so sorry don't no <laughs> all right i'm, I'm gonna edit that out <laughs> that out um yes uh please invite more um, absolutely i love these conversations and we can go even deeper into them but now we want to get back a little bit back to you so before you leave mm-hmm. please talk to us about the organizations that you would like listeners and the followers from your own personal page to look into donating to it so if there's a holiday season's coming up there's yeah so many absolutely things. What, where do you what are you who are you supporting mm. absolutely so some uh one that's personal to me is uh, Project Stay, Services to Assist Youth. I used to work for this. Speaking of, of you know, providing uh, services and resources to men, uh, we work primarily with queer yes. um, and young men who have sex with men living in Manhattan, in okay. Manhattan, around Washington Heights in the Bronx. Um, okay. And so you can cool. look for ways to get involved or donate to them. Uh, that was just some place I used to volunteer in general. What's it called again? Uh, Project Stay, okay. Services to Assist Youth. And that's okay. out of Columbia Presbyterian. Very cool. Um, awesome. Doing a lot of great work, helping a lot of guys uh, live better lives. Amen. And, I, you know, overall, I would um, highly encourage anyone listening in other geographic locations to check out their local uh trans and or hiv and Amen. or lgbtq Amen. organizations and to find one that you can have a relationship with and Amen. see if you can contribute your time and your money make sure it's affirming yes. for what you need from right. them and you're getting the care you need and do not be afraid to say i don't like this care mm. because they're going to get paid for it so they should do it the way you want right <laughs> um exactly the way i want but before you leave we got we have to have we have to leave on a light note so i came up with this game it's called yes mama cross your legs is that the name of the game what uh, it's called yes mama cross your legs and you're already winning both of you i, you I lost. that's it thank you good night <laughs> thanks no, it's called mary fuck chill Chill, mm. Mary fuck chill. Yeah. Oh, okay, I like that. That's so much less violent. Right. So much less toxically masculine. Very, honey. very. I know yes. you, that. you can thank our executive producer. Gets the thank you. Look at oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In italics? Question mark. I'm just kidding. I I didn't know. Um. So I. <laughs> I love you. You're also we didn't talk about our fun fact. So I met Alex and during the HPG for New York City. Um and I don't meet a lot of people from Maryland. I genuinely yeah, don't. Yeah. And Alex yeah, is it's from Maryland. Small state. And mm-hmm. I just love that about you because Thank no, you. you know I was gonna ask you on the show, it's like how many times on your hand have you heard anyone say they're going to Maryland? Other right. than Baltimore. Like, right. No right. one. Well, I don't have hands. Oh, you, so it's really hard. I can do two. <laughs> contrary to popular belief, she doesn't have hands. So you guys know she doesn't have hands, all right? <laughs> if you don't like that type of thing, this is a show for you. 
That's ableist. Let's stop. No, it's not. No, there's the camera. I know. Stop saying buzzwords. You're gonna get my counsel. Sorry. So let's get back to Mary, 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 fuck, chill, chill. So I'm gonna pick people that I just saw on the Met Gala red carpet. Oh my god, I only saw. I only saw a few pictures, and it was from. Is it? M- Evan Ross Katz, shout out to Evan Ross yes, Katz. Shout out to Evan Ross Katz. Please come on Queer Late Night and do oh, some of your amazing jokes. I will have a chat with her soon. Talk with yes. us, please. Mm. Um, so, Mary Fuck Chill, you have uh, Billie Eilish. Mm. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. William Eyelash? Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Formally. 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 Uh, you have Channing Tatum. I saw he was there. Tanning Chatum. Tanning Chatum, yes. Oh, is she still getting work? She's still on red carpets. Okay, yeah, good for oh, her. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> okay. I'm not on red carpets. Not that way. Um, and then third one. Who else did I see on there? I saw a little Nas. Little Nas. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's William Eyelash, mm-hmm. Tanning, Tanning, Tatum. Channing Tatum. I actually don't know which is the real way to pronounce it's it. Channing it's Channing Tatum. <laughs> and Montero. Yes, and Mr. Montero. Monterita. Okay. Uh-huh. Monterita. Oh my God, this is so. so I'm gonna. St- I feel like the thing that first comes to mind is you gotta. I want to chill with Billy, right? In part because yeah. I don't know if, like, as a person, like she, we would vibe or not. Right. So, like, I can't fuck <laughs> there might her. Be like, a disconnect, mar- yeah, right. like I, feel I don't like she watch her shit enough to chair. know if I can like get down with her. Sure. So I'm like, we can like smoke a blunt. Yeah, you would literally Let's be talk like, about it. Safe. Right. I, I yeah. feel like you try to talk to her and she'd be like. <laughs> You're the bad guy. So I, I would first and foremost congratulate her on her complete transformation from black and green to like blonde bombshell. Though it, it was is beautiful. It's beautiful. beautiful. Her management is not getting paid enough. I'll say that much. Um, that's the, the style is great. Way too much. So you're chilling with, Billy. So I'm chilling with Billy. Chilling with Billy. And I think I'm gonna fuck. P- panning Fatum. What is it? Mm, yeah. yeah. Channing Tatum. Stop yeah, yeah, yeah. my man like that. So sweet. I know everyone loves him, though. I know every, like, uh, woman uh, in America uh, like, wants to marry Sorry. I, I shove. Sorry. Uh, it's fine. And you know what that means? And that means you're gonna marry, gotta marry Montero. Yay! Oh, yeah, just because I, I want him around uh, forever, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he'd be right. incredible to have, like, a crazy one-off, like, hookup sure. with. But no, he's great. He seems like good people. I, so. th- I think yeah. so too. Right? Well, this has been amazing. It's, please tell people uh, if they can't find you mining for gold in the meat rack, where can they find you? <laughs> I do. They can find me online at, at Angus Bangus or for maybe more uh, research or professional inquiries at my email at asb2266 at cumc.columbia.edu. Can you do that one more time? asb2266 at cumc. All right, and now tell us your beeper number. No one's ever gave us a fucking email. email. Oh my god! Oh, no, I don't no. have an email, girl. You know who did? Um, no, I can't remember the name. No, I, I digress. <laughs> I'll shut the fuck up. Hey, what about your Angus Bangus? Give how to spell that? A N G U S B A N G U S. And when can we? And when is your graduation date? We can we, when can we officially call you doctor? Doctor, I'll see you in three years, girl. When my book's ready. All right, I'll keep this itch. Amen. Thank you for everyone that's tuned in to this episode of Queer Late Night. I'm greatly appreciative of your support. Please like, comment, nice comments, share. <laughs> only, subs- only nice. Only nice. I only receive nice things. Uh, yep. And um, that's it. Good night.
Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye.